0: In Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 29, we have two stories of Jesus being rejected. Surprisingly, the first one comes from his own hometown. Jesus, he heads back to Nazareth, where he's grown up, and as he teaches, everyone's being astonished. And they ask, where did this man get these things? And what is this wisdom that has been given to him? And how are these miracles performed by his hands? But in verse 3, we're told that they were offended because of all these things. We're all familiar with the phrase that familiarity breeds contempt. And that's exactly what Jesus has right here. Or in his words, in verse 4, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his household. These people, they'd seen him grow up. They'd seen him in diapers, they'd seen those awkward teenage years. This was no wise teacher who could instruct us. This was the kid down the road. And amazingly, as a result, we're told in verse 5, that he was not able to do a miracle there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Because of their unbelief, Jesus wasn't able to do miracles there. Now that's a real important lesson on our own doubts that we have with God. If we don't believe that he can do anything for us, we shouldn't expect that he will. Faith is that all-important ingredient that makes our relationship work with God. If all we see in Jesus is a good man, a teacher of morality, or just even an exceptionally godly man, we're not going to see what he's really able to do. The next story of man rejecting God's word is in verses 14 through 29. Here we have the story of Herod, one of the four governors over the land of Israel, and we're told that he's just had John the Baptist executed, and all because John kept rebuking Herod for marrying his sister-in-law, a big no-no in Jewish law. Now, John the Baptist, he had spoken to him often about this sin, and Herod obviously had a lot of conflicting feelings over this. In verse 20, we're told that he feared John and even protected him because he knew that he was a holy and righteous man. The only reason that Herod has John executed is because of a rash vow that he gives in front of all the high official and military leaders around him. He has this giant banquet, and his stepdaughter, the daughter of the woman he's currently married to, She does this dance, and he promises her up to half the kingdom after her little dance. She, being prompted by Herodias, the woman that Herod's not allowed to be married to, she asks for John the Baptist's head on a platter, and he can't refuse because of all the social pressure around him. Herod, even though he knew John was a holy and righteous man, feared all those around him more than God. So we see that people reject God for all sorts of reasons. They deny his divinity and make him into just a regular person, or they cave into social pressure, or they just don't like what Jesus has to say. But nobody denied that John and Jesus actually preached wisdom or were holy and righteous men. What they didn't like was that they had to change their lives when confronted with the word of God. The next major story we have in Mark chapter 6 is the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus is out in the wilderness with his disciples to catch some R&R when the crowds catch up to him. Feeling compassionate, Jesus instructs his disciples to feed them all. In verse 37, you give them something to eat, Jesus says to them. They said to him, should we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? He asked them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, five and two fish. Well, five loaves of bread and a couple of fish aren't going to do much for 5,000 people. But that never stops Jesus from doing his work. And so he instructs them all to sit in groups of 50 and through this amazing miracle, the bread and the fish begin to multiply. So that after the masses are fed, each apostle is left with their own overflowing basket of leftovers. This story is really reminiscent of an Old Testament story we read of in 2 Kings 4, verses 42 through 44. We read there that a man from Baal, Shalishah came to the man of God with his sack full of twenty loaves of barley bread and from the first bread of the harvest. Elisha said, Give it to the people to eat. But Elisha's attendant asked, What? Am I to set this before a hundred men? Give it to the people to eat, Elisha said. For this is what the Lord says, They will eat and they will have some left over. So he set it before them, and as the Lord had promised, they ate and had some left over. So what's the connection we're supposed to see here? Well, in the Old Testament story, the bread was from the first harvest, and as such, it should have been offered to the temple. But the prophet Elijah is consistently condemning institutional worship in his days. The true worshipers of God who aren't corrupted by the worship of idols, they're out with him in the wilderness. The true believers of God are with him, not in the temple. Likewise, with Jesus, he preaches that he is the new temple, That's where God's located. The presence of God wasn't in a building. It was with Jesus. So the true worshipers of God weren't to be found offering sacrifice in the temple complex, but following Jesus in his sacrificial living. And God would take this small group that followed Jesus, and he was going to turn them into something impressive. Many would be disappointed that only a small remnant would follow Jesus. But the miracle itself points out that God can work miracles with whatever he's given even if only a bit of bread and two fish. The last story we'll look at today is also connected to the feeding of the 5,000. The disciples have been sent away by Jesus, and they're caught in a storm while crossing over to the other side. Jesus, meanwhile, is just miraculously strolling by on the water. Now, this understandably terrifies the disciples, and when Jesus gets into the boat and calms the storm with them, we're told that they're astounded because they had not understood about the loaves. Instead, their hearts were hardened. So what were they not understanding about the loaves that would have helped them in the storm? Well, they should have understood that through Jesus, they were in the direct presence of God, the one who created the heavens, the earth, and the seas. The one who spoke to the empty and watery void of Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 and created something good. When you're with Jesus, you're with God. So why worry about anything else?